woods can be a scary place. Dark shadows creeping in the moonlight. Unfamiliar sounds surrounding you. Stalking you. Is it a ghost? A werewolf? Or something more? Human. What would you do if you found yourself lost? In the strange woods? Join us as we discuss the paranormal, true crime, and anything in between with your hosts, Jeremy. Who's Stephen King? Jonathan. The landowner and a complete douchebag. And Peter. Ah, they got me. Welcome to the Strange Woods Podcast. So a coworker of mine has been giving me a lot of pistachios lately. And I don't know why. I guess maybe she just has a lot of pistachios she bought and wants to get rid of them. Or maybe she feels bad because some days I forget to bring lunch in. I don't know. But I've noticed in the past two days I've been pooping a lot more. (laughs) Fiber. fiber. Yeah, apparently (laughs) pistachios are very high in fiber. So they've been affecting my bowel movements. That makes my new poop schedule at 8 in the morning, which would be great because I get to poop at work. But the problem is... The toilet paper is just awful at the office, and I'm so accustomed to the bidet at my house. I don't want to poop at work anymore. Don't you feel like an animal? Yeah, I feel like a wild animal. Like every time I have to poop and I'm not home, I'm like, man. You both have bidets? Yeah, you should get a bidet. It's a life changer. <laughs> life changing. I'm telling I know you. you can you can benefit from a bidet. I'm used to that, you know, one ply work paper. But a bidet will scratch that itch. Oh yeah. <laughs> We need one of those bidet uh, sponsorships. Yeah, there's whatever brand you sell at Walmart. Go ahead and pay us. We'll yeah. get people to buy you. I didn't know they sold it at Walmart. They do. It's a recent trend. I think ever since the toilet paper shortage of 2020. Y'all have those at Walmart? Yeah, and here in Houston, it's like there's a whole, near all the bathroom aisle, they had like a whole shelf full of bidets, like a cheap $25 uh-huh. one. Yeah, I don't, I, I, think, I don't think we're that bougie yet. We had to get it from Amazon. Yeah. I can't say I've never tried it. I tried one when we were in Singapore. Or no, Japan. In Japan, they have them. But in Japan, there's buttons on both sides of the toilet. And it plays music and white or white noise. I was about to say, doesn't it sing to you? Yeah, it, it's crazy. There's a fan. There's a smell good button. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff. I think it's funny you mentioned white noise. Because a little something I do, whenever I go into like the the shared bathroom, you know, on the floor of our office building. If somebody's taking a dump, I'll make sure to pee as loud as I can and make sure I splash the water as much as possible to give them a little bit of cover in case they need to make some noise or something while they're doing their business. (laughs) It's just my way of looking out, you know, for other people. I would actually like that. (laughs) I would appreciate it. I always go to the most remote bathroom that I can find. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, when we were in college, I would go all the way to the bathroom in the library because there was like nobody around. It's because it was a library. Oh man. Jeremy, I don't know if you want to tell the story. Do you remember what I'm bringing up? No. <laughs> the day in, it was the library bathroom at uh, our college we went to. I'm, I'm familiar with bathrooms you- at that college, but I don't know where you're going with this. So we both had to go and we each took a stall I started making fart sounds with my mouth. <laughs> and then when we both left, you were cracking up laughing super quietly. And I was like, what? And you were like, there's someone in here. 
Yeah, that, I mean that that would have been like, oh gosh, how long ago at this point? <laughs> like eighteen that, years ago. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it was it was a while. Yeah, my my memory just go back that far, but it sounds like something we would do. Oh, absolutely. You were saying about the pistachios earlier, and I was actually going to say I was going to bring up a strange little airline thing because I was complaining at work. I was like, "Man, pistachios are so stupid expensive." And somebody said, "Yeah, back in the day, they used to not cost anything because we basically used them as uh, packing peanuts." What? Yeah, they would fill up boxes and they would just pour pistachios in there because they you they were almost they cost next to nothing apparently in like the Late 60s, early 70s. Well, I've heard someone tell me the same thing about chicken. That chicken was so cheap because it was, quote unquote, for poor people. And then it kind of caught on as the more healthy alternative to red meat. And all of a sudden the price shot up. Same thing with lobster, actually. Lobster started off as a poor person food. And then for whatever reason, either people started to like it or just people wanted to be better than everyone else. So they're like, no, this is is hip now. So we're going to charge a bunch of money. Yikes. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't think of a segue, so here's episode 16 of the Strange Woods podcast. Yeah, and uh, this is, I think, our first true crime one, right? I think so, yeah. we our made first, a- like, true crime actual main episode. Yeah, I was going to say we mentioned a murder during Halloween, but not, not to the extent we're diving into it tonight. For anybody that wasn't prepared for us to cover true crime, it is something we're going to dive into on occasion, so... Yeah, so... Just want to give a trigger warning because this episode discusses violence against children. So listener discretion is advised. It is an ongoing uh, case. And that is something that makes it a little interesting. We get to cover, it's a very, in recent times case, it's a very, uh, it, like Peter said, ongoing as far as the court cases and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's technically still unsolved, but they did make an arrest on it. But we'll get to that part later. Yeah, so 2017 time frame is when we're talking about. So Yeah, day before Valentine's Day, 2017. Honestly, it doesn't feel like 2017 was six years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nuts. It's time, time has passed. I actually just, I was like, dang, 2017. <clears throat> yeah, I was like last year, right? No, no, it was not last year. No, it wasn't. It's not as recent as I thought, but you know, not old either. And before we get to the main, you know, discussion of this, I just want to point out that we're just, we're trying to be entertaining, you know, we're trying to be lighthearted and fun, but this is kind of a dark, deep topic. So, you know, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Anybody want to add to that? It's maybe maybe a hard one to make jokes about. So we'll, we'll see if I can manage. (laughs) There may not be as many jokes in this one and it might not be as, as comical, but I think it is important to bring light to these these murders and you know these unsolved crime cases when we start to touch on them and you know as people start to give us some feedback if you like these true crime episodes we'll try and squeeze more in from time to time but I, it's very important to keep it out there in the public keep it going keep the information alive if for nothing else just to give the victim their moment to shine to say here I am please don't forget me there's still a family out there that's looking there's still a family that that misses these people Everybody had a mom, everybody had a dad. So all in all, it's just whether we talk about a case that has been solved or whether we talk about a case that's ongoing or maybe in courts, it's good to get the information out there. You know, maybe somebody listening has something else to add at some point. 
there's plenty of podcasts out there that that dive deep that's done great work um with with keeping things alive there's just to do a quick shout out to a few of them there's there's the deck ashley flowers in general just look her up. She does probably four or five different podcasts. But like I said, if anybody wants to add to that, I'll get off my soapbox on that. But in case you haven't guessed, and maybe you have heard of it, you'll probably have heard of it referred to as the Delphi murders or the Abby and Libby murders. The Delphi or Delphi? Delphi. Delphi. Yeah, I've always heard Delphi. So that's in Delphi, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana, the Mississippi of the North. I have family in Indiana. I'm allowed to say that. Actually, not not crazy far from Delphi. I mean, Terre Haute's probably a few hours away. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about it being the same state as your family. Yep. That whole area's kind of got its... What was the word I used from the last episode? Colloquialism? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely got its own oddities. So I'll, I'll put it that way. Because, I mean, I spent time in Ohio, and Ohio's definitely got its fair share of oddities. But yeah, so I guess to get started... Abigail Williams, a.k.a. Abby, 13 years old, and Liberty Libby German, 14 years old. Um, They were both eighth graders in Delphi. They had a sleepover the night before a, um, how do they refer to it? It was like a snow day, but it wasn't because it snowed. It was like a makeup day. So basically up there, anywhere that gets snow, I know we're not as accustomed to it from Louisiana since we never see snow. But yeah, we have hurricane days. Anywhere that, and it's kind of the same concept. So anywhere that gets these crazy, this crazy amount of snow, basically there's built-in calendar days in their school schedule that, you know, if they had to take off because of snow, then they just make it up on a snow day. Um, if there was no snow and it was a mild winter, then the days that they were supposed to be there for makeup, they just have them as off days. Okay. So it was technically a scheduled off day. Okay, yeah. So they ended up having a sleepover, and I think the sleepover was on Sunday. And then on the Monday, they decided to go to this popular trail called the Monon High Bridge Trail. And they got permission from Libby's grandmother to go as long as they could get rides to and from. So Libby's sister, Kelsey, agreed to drop them off there. And then Libby's father, Derek, agreed to pick them up as long as they could be done by 3.30. Kelsey dropped them off around 1.30 p.m. that afternoon. And while walking on the bridge, um, they kind of hung out and took pictures, posted on social media, like Snapchat and stuff. Yeah, these girls are teenagers and and they're best friends. I mean, they wasn't just at a sleepover together, random friends. I mean, from, you know, interviews with the family and things that you hear, these girls did everything together. They both were in band. They both played alto sax together. These girls were just, they were tight. I think that's what kind of freaks me out the most about this whole thing is like, I'm looking at pictures, you know, of the area where it happened. And this is the type of place that us three would have been hanging out every day during a summer. It's very much could have been us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. You know, same age, same type of location, just no mountains, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So they went to the trail, the father texted Libby and did not get a response, which was not typical of her. So he went to go pick the girls up, but, but they weren't there. And they weren't answering their phones. They weren't answering text messages. So he calls his mom, Becky, uh, Libby's grandmother, and she hasn't heard from the girls either. And the grandparents tried calling and texting, no responses. And then Libby's grandfather and dad went look for the girls 
on the trails until dark and never found them. So they reported them missing around 6 p.m. They had a massive search looking for them, and they ended up finding their bodies the next day. So just to add to that, the trail, you know, sometimes if, if everybody goes and starts looking this up, there's a, let me just throw this out there. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of, you know, he said and she said, and there's a lot of convoluted facts about this case. So some people say, oh, why were the girls out in the middle of nowhere? It, it wasn't the middle of nowhere. So it is a marked trail system and it is off of a marked trail. But see, to get to the bridge where the girls were, there wasn't necessarily a designated parking area to say, okay, here, if you're hiking near the bridge, this is where you're going to park. It doesn't only make the search area for dad big, it makes the search area for the police and everyone else extremely big too. Um, right, they could have been anywhere. Yeah, and and to, you know, just to bring it back, uh, we're talking February 13th. So in February, in the North, in Indiana, uh, when the girls were reported missing and Six o'clock, I think, is when they were reported missing. I don't, but shout out to the cops for that too, because it didn't take long for Amber Alerts to go up. And, you know, it was on the six o'clock news that, hey, we're looking for these girls. Like the word spread fast. It wasn't the cops. It's not like some cases where you're going to hear where the cops are saying, oh, well, maybe they're runaways. You know, you got to wait 24 hours to report a missing. No, the police took this seriously. So shout out to the, to the police. In the area, local cops did a good job of getting everything going. Yeah, but great job on that. Get, getting back to my six o'clock thought that I was saying, six o'clock in the north, in this area, it's getting dark already at this time of year. Well, they did say, uh, I saw in one thing that it was exceptionally warm for that time of the year when it happened. But I think in the like Yeah, the they pictures, described it as um, one of those days where they basically said that it's one of those days where it was Warm enough to go without a jacket, but your parents made you wear one anyway, just in case. Yeah, it's like a like a light sweater type of weather. Yeah. And and going back to what you're saying about this place, you know, not being remote, it, it is on a nature reserve with trails, like you said. And the nearest house from that bridge is like less than a quarter mile away. So, I mean, we're there's there's houses nearby. It's it's not like they were just out lost in the woods in the middle of right. nowhere exploring. Yeah, if you look if you look at like Google Maps or something and look at this area, you know, it's 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 right there. You know, it's not that remote and it's a popular place to go. And like Jeremy said, it's on a preserve. So I'm sure there's many, many people that frequent the area. I do think not a lot of people go on the bridge as much just due to its condition, but there's still trails around it and, you know, such. Yeah, I want to say maybe they blocked it off or they're fixing it up or something. I know they were doing some kind of construction to it. I'm looking at pictures of the bridge and uh, the one odd thing that sticks out is there's, I mean, I guess it was technically an an old train bridge. So I guess they removed the rails, but I don't see the metal train rails. Yeah, I think they removed them because I can't see that they would have wood rails. I don't think that's a thing. No. Yeah, that's, that's not a thing. But I would assume if they thought about removing the rails, then maybe they did mean for it to be walked on and, and trafficked by pedestrians. Uh, unless unless removal of the rails was just to remove weight from it or something too. Or maybe they just wanted to scrap the metal. Yeah, not I don't true. think it was intended because it was technically like off limits, but people went on it all the time. It was it was a popular hangout spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we'd have been on oh, this case. for sure. Yeah. And, well, 
I don't know. That's it's when you look at it, it's pretty damn high, and I'm scared of heights. So I don't I'd know if I would go on it. <laughs> y'all would have been on it. Remember, y'all were the ones climbing trees way the hell up, and I just watched from the ground. That was a big ass tree. That was a fun tree. The uh, you'd get to the top, and the damn thing would shake. Yeah, hell with that. I ran across a few. There was a running uh, path that I used to run in Rome. Um, and with the way the, the bayou set up there, it cuts straight through the center of town. So basically, I would take the one actual car bridge, but to make the circle, I'd run across or, well, kind of walk across the train bridge further down. So, And I've seen other people do it. So I wouldn't say that walking train bridges is an uncommon thing. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be on them, let's be clear. But yeah, yeah. I mean, have you seen Stand By Me? It is the adventurous route. Actually, no. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't. I don't know, Peter. Oh come on, y'all. No, but nobody's nobody's seen this movie. People have definitely seen this movie. Y'all, no, y'all are just. It's the least watched movie in the history. Y'all don't know Stand by Me, and y'all don't know Young Frankenstein or Mel Brooks. I'm just gonna have to quit this podcast. Okay, here's here's the thing. No. I've seen. I recognize the cast members in Stand by Me. Yes, but um, I don't know that I've seen it. Oh, if I if I did, it was a long time ago. It's great. You should definitely watch it. Like, seriously, it's a really good movie. Now I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> but anyway, in, in that movie, as most people listening probably know, um, the kids are just walking nonchalantly across the train bridge. And, you know, as movies do, a train shows up and they have to run across and one of them almost gets hit. And it's a very uh, iconic scene. Mm. Then I probably would have remembered that if had I seen it or had it been a popular movie at all. I mean, it it was Stephen King, so it's pretty um, popular. Mm, who's Stephen King? <laughs> uh, he's some some ch- children's author, I think. All right, all right. Yeah, good, great kids books. I mean, there's children in them for Hitchcock, but uh, not in great situations. Okay, so as we said, the the bridge is basically it's a hangout for a lot of people, and like we said, Dad was looking, cops started looking, everybody's looking, um, and as. Peter said earlier, the area searched and there's the full search that night. The search gets called off that night and it goes into the next day and they're walking the woods again. And the, do we have the name of the Creek? I think it was Deer Creek. Yeah. Deer Creek. Deer Creek. That sounds, yeah. So Deer Creek. Um, and I think if you look at it on a map, it's not, it wasn't far from where the girls were on the bridge where the bodies were found, but they were found off the bridge, off the trail, in a creek. But I don't see it in the notes. Tell me if I'm wrong. The The bodies were not found together, but not far apart from each other. I think they were together, but I'm, I'm, it's not really clear. They haven't released a whole lot of the uh, details of the like the murder scene. Like they have not released the manner of death. Um, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they have. No, there's never been a manner of death or how released. And that's, that's why you see a lot of different, oh, this is how they died. This is how they died. You see a lot of speculation there. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation on this case. So basically these little, these girls, let me go backwards just a little. It might've been both of them. I can't remember. They were, they both wanted to grow up to, to do things in science and in, uh, the field of investigation. So uh, these girls had the, you know, they knew all the ins and outs about, you know, 
this is what you should try and do in a bad situation. Because yeah, I think they were like fans of true crime, actually. Yeah, they were fans of true crime. They they want. I don't remember if it was both or one of them actually wanted to do something in the field of investigation. And I'm trying to remember who it was that opened Snapchat. But what I'm getting at is one of the girls, and even the police say this I, later. I think Libby was the one posting the pictures. Gotcha. Oh yeah, from Libby's phone. So even the police call this out. They felt like something was wrong, and they had the wherewithal. And, the, you know, at least the common knowledge, hey, I need to try and document this somehow. So this is what one of the things that makes it sad is these girls, you know, basically almost caught their own killer. We don't have a good, clear picture of them, um, but we have a, a slight audio um, that was released by the police that came from her initial video. Yeah, initially the, the words down the hill were released. And they were trying to see if anybody recognized the voice and the, uh, the the picture of the guy. There's also a still picture of one of the girls that they say that there's a person in the background that could have been the killer. I don't, I mean, I don't know that I've seen a picture of a person in the background. Um, no, the one he's talking about, I'm pretty sure somebody debunked as just being like a, like some kind of barricade at the front of the bridge to mm. stop like a vehicle from going on it. I think it's something like that. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So one thing that I find interesting about the audio clip is that the voice says guys down the hill. Yeah. To me, it almost sounds like a familiarity to it. I really think there was more than one person involved. And I know there's theories around it that there are, but like, I really think that there's at least one or two other people involved in this. Yeah, and I have my suspicions who at least two of them are, and we'll get to that later. I don't know how far you read into the notes. I guess I didn't even, I didn't even really catch that about it being a familiarity to it. Uh, yeah, because to me it sounds like somebody, like, say you're a bad guy and you have somebody at gunpoint, like a couple of people at gunpoint, and you've been either walking them at gunpoint for a while or if it's somebody you possibly know, like, all right, guys, don't fight me down the hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. It 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 doesn't feel yeah. like something yeah. a stranger would say, you know, or a person of an of presenting some sort of authority, right? But like the voice saying it was so relaxed too. Like it wasn't even like authoritative or anything, you know? True. It wasn't menacing. Hey, he sounds like a bitch, honestly. But you know, <laughs> fuck that guy. Now, the, the fact that they're saying down the hill, they've never released at what point the video was shot, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's not known if it's if the recording comes from the same part as the video that they released. No, it's the same file I saw. Yeah, it was the same file, but we don't know if it's the same time. You know, like, what were they recording that audio at the point where they're showing the video of him walking? Well, no, it was my, it was my understanding watching something on it that, you know, she took took the video and then just put her phone in her pocket immediately after. And then there was a couple of minutes of just like, like a, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't and, know if that was uh like for sure. I think that was like rumor and it's not mm -hmm. sure. Like it's not released if that's true or not, but I think that's, that's kind of the ongoing rumor of what the video had. <clears throat> that's actually a good point too, because like it could have just been like the police, released at the last snippet of audio and that was it. You know, there could be 15 minutes of just silence right. or 
struggle or something. And I mean, honestly, the whole thing might have been caught on video and they just don't release it because of, you know, obvious reasons. You know, you got There's a lot of times in some evidence that we're not going to get everything um, and that the police do hold on to certain things. Because then it, later on, when they you know do their investigation or when they question the suspects, um, information they don't let out to the public is the information they're looking for the suspect to say it was this, right. when the, only the suspect should be the person to know that. So I understand why we don't have the whole video. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. But some of the um, there were a lot of witness statements from that day, and there were people describing them at uh, describing the person that they saw as being between 5'6 and 5'8 and around 180 to 200 pounds, wearing blue jeans, blue jacket with a hoodie. Um, apparently in in the video, one of the girls can be heard saying gun in the video as the man is approaching them. So I'm not sure if that's fact or if that's like speculation. Yeah, well, it's like the, the video I watch, the audio I watch, I never heard gun or anything like that being thrown around but no, perhaps I don't, I don't think that was from anything that was I think that was from like maybe a like rumor of somebody who was in the know like a police officer mm. spreading or you know yeah. spilling the beans kind of thing yeah but the the witnesses saw either a PT cruiser or an SUV or smart car there's a lot of different descriptions but it was reported parked nearby in a um a parking lot down the highway from where the trail entrance is one witness reported a man leaving the trail, like walking along the side, the side of the highway. And he was in a jeans and a blue jacket and was muddy and bloody was how they uh, described it. And like he had been in a fight. And it's hard to say as like, a, uh, you know, you don't want to be like the, what's that that they say? The stand, the stander by, you know, where nobody reports something. Uh yeah, Some, I forgot what the term is, but yeah, basically like the bystander. Effect. Yeah, if you're not told to do something directly, you'll just watch it happen. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not saying people to go out and report every person that walks out of the woods muddy and bloody. There's been more than one time where I've busted my ass and I've been muddy right. and bloody. But maybe there were other things that could have been reported. Maybe he did something else out of character or did something weird. What I'm getting at is there are times when you have a gut feeling that something is wrong and it's not just somebody that fell down on their own. If you have that feeling, it's best just yeah. to report it. And unfortunately, that's not always enough either because as we'll see, the guy they arrested was part of the initial investigation and admitted in his interview that he was wearing the clothes that they eventually released in the video. He was parked out there. He drives the type of car that was out there. He admitted seeing the girls. You know, that there's all this stuff and they just never talked to him. It took him years to to track him down. I really can't help but wonder if it took so long because they spent a lot of time just making sure they gathered as much actual evidence as they could before making a move. That's what I'm wondering too. Well, there's a lot of talk about DNA in this in this case, and I don't know which DNA they're talking about exactly. But like, and I heard other people talk about this. We're talking about a trail system, so. We're talking about hundreds of people that could have possibly possibly been through there. So we're talking about a lot of DNA. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you walked through the woods and caught some thorns and now your arm's bloody? You know, you might have dropped blood yeah. there. It might have been an animal being attacked. 
you know, dog chasing a squirrel. Yeah. A deer, a hunter shot a deer. There's blood there. I mean, there's no telling what kind of DNA is out there. Yeah. I mean, we could be looking at a whole slew of DNA. The DNA just from the people trying to help do the search. I'm just thinking about how miserable of a car a PT Cruiser is. Like that's, you know, a low life drives a PT Cruiser. Well, that guy's, uh, I think it's his mother's car, actually. The guy that ended up getting arrested, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves with that guy. Let me just say this. So uh, are we diving into suspects now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So this guy, and I, it doesn't, it, you know, we can say his name. He's been everywhere. He's been on the news. He's been, so there's the Ron Logan. Yeah, he was the landowner. This older guy. Yeah. The landowner and a complete douchebag. So he's ruled out as being the guy that could be like number one suspect. I'm not good. I'm just calling it as I see it. No, I'm not guilty because you're a douchebag. The dude's an ass. Here's the thing. We don't know this man. We don't know. We don't know anything about him except for what was reported. So, you know, green assault. I, but, I can, I can tell by the man's mustache that he, uh, he's not a nice guy. You, we can grant assault this if we want. But from my point of view, when he does his TV interview and he is talking to everybody, because see this guy, he is the landowner and he was initially assumed as a suspect. And he, at first, his alibi, what's your alibi? Well, technically his alibi is, is I'm at a junkyard. Okay. Well, that's a little suspicious if you're at a junkyard the same day as the murder. But the thing is, is he had prior DUIs and he was on uh, probation from the DUIs. He wasn't supposed to be driving. He ends up going to jail for proba- probation violation because of the DUIs, because, or not because of DUIs, but because of the broken probation. Yeah, wasn't he going to like some aquarium? Place? Oh, I heard that he was at, like, from what fish. I thought, heard he was at the junkyard uh, disposing something out of junkyard. Yeah, I'm not sure. But either way, I'm pretty sure he lied about where he actually was, which seems suspicious. Yeah, all in all, he was driving and he wasn't supposed to be. But like what I'm getting at, what I think, just uh, get this off my mind, because he's the one that pisses me off the most. He made a statement (laughs) when they found out, okay, when they ruled him out of being a suspect, he made the statement, maybe next time somebody won't just die on my land. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. So sorry it inconvenienced you. Like no, I, The guy's an ass. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just, that rubs me the wrong way to. Yeah, he may not, not have had anything to do with it, but that's kind of fucked up to say. Yeah, no, I don't think he's guilty of murder. I, I do think he's an ass. I do think that his sketchy alibi is probably because he was just covering his own tracks because he was obviously doing something he wasn't supposed to do, but it wasn't Is murder. this next line true yeah. from our notes? Because I just, right. I'm calling him an ass. Oh, wow. Yeah, he died of COVID. <laughs> well, I don't mean, I don't mean the yeah, last that, ago. but he caught the Rona. I, I guess my bad. I didn't mean to be talking ill of the dead. I'd still an ass. We're just, we're just speaking our opinions. Now this next guy, I think it's pretty safe to call this guy a piece of shit. Yeah, I think obviously he was involved. (laughs) Yeah, so here's the first person that I think out of all these suspects that I think probably has something to do with it. So this guy, Keegan Klein, a.k.a. Anthony Schatz, he is a known pedophile who was already in jail on a child porn charge. Um, I'm not sure if that was prior to or since then. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. That wasn't clear. Whenever I was reading, but yeah, he, 
he had an Instagram account called Anthony Shots. And initially, everybody was, um, when they announced this, they speculated that this guy was like the bridge guy, which is the guy from the video. But I don't think it is. No, it doesn't look like him. The body shape's wrong. Yeah, not at all. And he's too young. But he would use this online profile to catfish and communicate with underage girls and would get people to uh, get children to send naked pictures. So, yeah, even if he's innocent on this case, he's a piece of shit. Fuck this guy. Well, the thing is, he, didn't he speak with Libby on the day that she was murdered? Yeah. And like tell her to go to the bridge in the afternoon or something well, like I that? Well, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't think he said anything about going to the bridge, or at least they haven't said that officially that I know of. Um, he was never formally charged as a suspect for this. But when he got arrested, not long after is when they got this other guy, who I think was the guy that actually killed the girls or allegedly killed the girls. But I've heard a lot of different speculation where um, this Anthony Schatz and the guy they arrested uh, possibly worked together in it. Like maybe one had them go to the bridge and then the other one killed them. Yeah. I, I like my first gut reaction to all of this is that it was an attempt in trafficking that just went wrong. So they just had to kill them. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But it seems like they would have been closer to the car to get away with it. It depends. I mean, well, it's been said that the, and this is where know. a lot of speculation comes in with, you know, we don't know the manner of death. And it's never, as far as I know, been released if there was any sexual assault. But uh, I did hear through some of the reports that they said that the murder most likely did not happen where the bodies were found. That the scene looked like just a body dump. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I did read at least that the girls had lost a large amount of blood. Um, from wounds, but the, I don't know if that was officially released though. It's and this one says an FBI search warrant read that a large amount of blood was lost by the victims at the crime scene. Okay, maybe so then. But noted that there were no signs of a struggle or fight at at the scene. Like so, like Jonathan said, perhaps there is another scene that was simply never found at the time. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if if it would have happened in the creek where the water was then a lot of that would have been just washed away. Good point. Which I think, I want to say they found like clothes or something a little ways down from where they their bodies were found, like in the creek. And um, I want to say it was like their, their clothes or their stuff. And it was like washed away. And I'm wondering where they found Libby's phone. Like, was it on her or was it just kind of loose somewhere in the woods? I don't know because initially, you know, I heard that she had put it in her pocket, whether or not it stayed in her pocket the whole time. But like, why wouldn't the killers have checked their pockets for things? Like, right. you don't leave stuff like that behind. I mean, unless you're an idiot. Well, they might be idiots. They're idiots. <laughs> that uh, Indiana public education, right there. I never heard the thing about the the missing clothes. And one of the things that I keep coming back to, and the blood may be a thing. Um. There was a, you know, a report, basically a lot of people speculated the manner of death. Um, it was said that at the funerals, the both girls wore scarves around their neck. So that's where a lot of the speculation comes in from, 
you know, they were massacred. They were had their throats slit. If you if you poke around the internet and see that, it's not confirmed that that was the manner of death. Um, yeah, I did hear that though. The same thing you're talking about with the scarves. So was it the two girls that were killed that wore that had the scarves, like in the casket? Yeah, Libby and. Okay, I I thought they were talking about uh like maybe their sisters or somebody. No, they like were the, at the funeral. From my understanding. The girls in the caskets, um, they wore scarves. Okay. And that could, I mean, a lot of people could be just, that could be something people are just digging into saying, oh, that's how they were murdered uh, and they're trying to hide it. But I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, these two young girls shared that as a common thing that they did together. It it might be something that we're looking too far into, but um, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that, but. Um, going back into and talking about more suspects, you talked about Anthony Schatz. This other guy, there's James Chadwell, um, another pedophile, which blows my mind. I, and it probably shouldn't. I know there's plenty of them out there. I know there's a whole registry I can go and look at. I just, I wish these people wouldn't be walking around because if you have that label, then obviously I feel you should probably be in a jail some somewhere. Yeah, like, if people know you're a pedophile and you're not in jail, I don't, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Because, I mean, we when we start just with his rap sheet, abducted and sexually abused a nine-year-old in a basement in 2021. Uh, I know this is after, but, I mean, come on, he should be in jail. Well, he's, he, oh, he is. He's serving a 90-year prison sentence. Okay, I see that now in the notes. But he was questioned in the Delphi murders, but I don't think there were any charges that have ever uh, happened with him. No. Why? So I don't see in the notes here. What was their reasoning for even looking into James Chadwell? Is it just because he was a known pedophile that lived in the area, or did he have some connection somewhere with, with these people? I think I think it was because he lived nearby, maybe. I'm not really too sure. So if you look at the police reports, they say that there was over 300 people that were talked to. So they did cast a very wide net. And during some of the police reporting um, and probably interviews and media, police media and things like that, there's been times where the net got maybe cast in the wrong direction, if that makes sense. Because at times they say, oh, well, we were zeroing in on this area this area or this area like at one point they say southeastern tennessee uh, a cop there makes a statement oh we're looking here it came out that you know it's still no it's a nation it's a nationwide search this next suspect is who really fits that bill because uh daniel nations um and we don't have all of it in the notes so some of this is coming off of memory daniel nations was picked up and arrested in I'm going to mess this up. It's somewhere out West. It's either Colorado. I think it's in Colorado where Daniel nation ends up getting arrested and he's arrested on charges of, he was in the woods walking trails, um, supposedly um, taunting people with an ax and he had an ax in, you know, basically scaring people with this ax on, on a trail in the woods. And he had some other charges from Colorado well, Colorado found out that Daniel Nations is from Delphi. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about the axe yeah, thing. That, well, that's why he was picked up in Colorado. So he's picked up in Colorado 
under suspicions of, you know, stalking people in the woods. Uh, I want to say it's Colorado that picked him up. Um, yeah, he uh, he also <laughs> bears a very strong resemblance to one of the sketches. Like he looks pretty close to this guy that they sketched for the uh, the Delphi murders. Which that's something we didn't mention was there were actually two sketches that they released that looked nothing alike. Yeah, and the thing is the um, the second sketch that was released to me. God, it almost looks like James Chadwell a little bit, but because it's it's that one said to be kind of a younger looking person. Yeah, that does uh, look like a lot like Chad. Um, and you know, we both we've all said that you know maybe there was multiple people involved in this. I just don't like this Daniel Nations guy. The I mean, he was also I mean, no, for real. Like the if you look into his background, he was. Um, Arrested in Delphi. I don't know if it was on the pedophile charges because he's a, he is another pedophile. Um, but he actually had a parole officer that he was supposed to be reporting to um, in Indiana. He did not have a permanent address, so he was actually doing weekly check-ins with his parole officer. And he was good about coming on his weekly checks all the way up until the girls went missing. That is also roughly the same time they think he left for Colorado. It's suspicious. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced. The nations. Uh, yeah. Is he a he creep? Has, yeah. Yeah, he's but a creep. Is he related to this? I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Um, but I do. I don't think he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, getting to who I am convinced of, and this is all allegedly. I'm not accusing anybody. You know, this is just my opinion. But. The guy that was arrested, Richard Allen, he was charged with two counts of felony murder for kidnapping and murder for both of the girls. Um, but yeah, he was arrested on um, October 28th, 2022. And the announcement was on Halloween last year. But they apparently found him because there was a uh, 40 caliber unspent shell found at the crime scene between the girls' bodies. Like there, it was on the ground between them. And they found a six hour model P226 that was found at his home. And um, they were able to track the shell have, having been in that gun, which he admitted to never letting anyone borrow. And it was his. That's what's crazy to me. And I, maybe I don't understand it. Like, how do they know it was at some point chambered in that gar in that gun or cycled through that gun? I don't know guns and all that too well. So other people can probably verify this better, but I'm pretty sure it has to do with um, like different scratches that are made from defects in the well, gun. It's not necessarily possibly. defects. So every gun has rifling down the barrel. Yeah. Rifling. Um, okay. Rifling is a, so it's an intentionally machined uh, spiral pattern that is put into the barrel of a gun that spins the bullet as it goes down the barrel. That spin is what actually increases accuracy, the ability for the, the, the bullet to not only travel in a straight line, but distance is increased through rifling. There's, there's a few different things, but rifling and barrel damage in any way is very unique to each gun. I mean, it, it's basically the finger... Even if it's not fired? The fingerprint of a gun. Now, to say... I see what you're getting at now. If it's not fired, a... So yes and no, because I could see how they could say that. Because what kind of gun are we talking about again? 
a six hour model P226? Yeah, 40 caliber. So we're talking about a semi-automatic. So every time that round round one is chambered into the gun. So this is why they say on a semi-automatic pistol, you should cycle your first round. Always pop out a couple shells, cycle your first round further down the, your magazine. When you rack that, that first round in there, every time that that, that bullet racks, um, it's compacting the actual projectile into the shell it can deform a bullet. Um, mm. So through that, I can see that, yes, there would be a, a fairly distinct um, marking put on each bullet it, that has been cycled through, even if it has not been yeah. shot. Not a rifling pattern, but a damage pattern, a like a wear pattern. Uh, but something that would link it specifically to a specific gun. Yeah, I, I would, I would say so, potentially, yes. But yeah, as as I had said before, um, this guy admitted to seeing the girls on the trail. He admitted to, in a previous interview that he was on the trail during that time. He described his own clothes as matching what was in the video. He drives a Ford Focus, which resembles the vehicle in the CCTV footage near the bridge and vehicle descriptions from the witnesses. Um, and I believe... His car was parked in the direction of the guy that was bloody and muddy on the uh, on the road, like the direction the guy was walking. Yeah, I mean that that's a, a fair bit of probable, uh, yeah, cause or uh, evidence right there. But I'm willing to bet they still have a lot more evidence they're not disclosing. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, because they don't want this guy to get away with it. You know, they don't they don't want to risk a mistrial or anything like that. So I was reading one website. And they were saying that the uh, the audio clip that they released of someone saying get down the hill, that clip was actually like 43 seconds long and they only released that little bit. And some people are, you know, saying that they think the contents of it may be too disturbing to share in full. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. So I'm looking at a... Or they're just keeping that in their back pocket for evidence. I don't know. I'm looking at a SIG out of curiosity. I thought it was. So it's a... Yes, it's a semi-automatic. It's a twelve-round magazine. It's it's a, um, and it, but it's also one unique feature would be that it's a. Uh, I'm gonna say this wrong now that I'm blanking out. A double action, um, not like a double action revolver, but it, it's a hammer-fired semi-automatic. So you would have a different striker pattern on the the back of the bullet. And if I'm trying, I'm still trying to think of how they would tie. A non-fired round. So that rear hammer. I mean, I'm sure he probably had uh, rounds in his house that matched it. True, too. true. Like same brand and make and all that. But yeah, one really fucked up thing is that this guy worked at a CVS as a pharmacy technician. And when they were doing, I think it was for the funeral for the girls. Um. I forget which part of the family might have been the grandmother of one of them or the sisters, but somebody went to get a uh, photos printed for like a, I guess like a display board of photos for the girls, like a memorial. And he was actually the one that processed the photos and gave it to him for free. Yeah. I saw that. Like if, if that dude's actually the killer, like what a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, is that with a lot of murders, the suspects, will implant themselves as closely to 
the people to the police as they possibly can, not just to... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was one of the people that went on the... Uh, the search? The, the search, yeah. That's not uncommon. Yeah. I mean, the, the suspect and the people that do it, they put themselves close, not only to, to try and throw off searchers and police, but to, you know, just to see it. Because uh, these sick people that commit these kinds of crimes, I mean, they, they live off that thrill. They, they want to see, you know, look at the havoc that I've wreaked. And, you know, that's how they're... And they want to like relive the excitement yeah, of it, you know, yeah. if they're near the area. I have a hard time just wrapping my head around that type of... Men- that ah, they're, they're sick in the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, in their own sick way, they're proud of it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that blows my mind. It's almost like a cat that messes with like a lizard, kills the lizard, and then sits by it like, look what I did. You know, except they know they can't do that because then they would get caught. Yeah. But this way they can be proud of it in their own little way. Same reason, you know, serial killers might uh, take trophies. Yeah. Oh, trophy killers, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um. So, yeah, I mean, they in the beginning we were all, we were kind of talking about how the past things and I wasn't as up to speed on who they arrested and things like that. So yeah, I was talking a lot in the past and we even said this in the beginning, the the police went through a lot. I was looking through some of the notes back in 2017, around the six month mark. uh, There was 20 to 30 officers, FBI officers assigned to this that went through 24,000 tips. I mean, damn. Um, the two-year mark, after another 38,000 tips that had come in. Um, I, I have a feeling they had ideas for a while, but couldn't simply gather enough of the proper evidence to pin the person down. And maybe that's why it took so long, because you think like, man, five years later or whatever. Well, we're yeah, that actually brings me this. to my theory where I think, you know, like I said, allegedly, I think Anthony Schatz possibly gave him access to this account or um, told maybe maybe they're in some kind of like pedophile ring together. You know, I, I feel like this Anthony Schatz guy maybe ratted on him and that was the final nail in this guy's coffin that they finally arrested him. It's possible. You know, nothing, nothing like that was officially said, but I mean, the timing works out that way. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows what really went on behind the scenes? We don't know. Um, it's I mean, he was involved somehow, I think. Well, I mean, it's too coincidental that he talked to her the day that they died. You know, the day they were murdered. Yeah. That's too too much coincidence. But yeah, as of now, um, they're waiting to go to court. I think, what'd you say? Maybe like June? Uh, no, I think it was originally supposed to be actually coming up in the next month or two, but... Um, oh, here it was, is. March March twentieth was the day they were gonna go to trial, and then um, the defense attorney requested to push it back, and the new trial date is set to be June fifteenth or sixteenth. Yeah, so, yeah, so hopefully I, it's I, either televised or at least reported on, because I've been following this this for years, and I'm excited to have them get some justice. Man, that's the problem. Like, like. Uh, It'd be nice to be televised that way you can keep up with it easier. But like at the same time, that just creates more, I don't know, uh, assumptions and panic and everything from just right. the general populace that doesn't need to be involved in this. And I mean, it's 
probably di- really difficult for the family too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and I feel for you guys if if you happen to end up listening to this, like I'm so sorry this happened to you guys. It sucks. Yeah, our hearts definitely go out to the families. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like that that should be a question asked of the families. Like, are you okay with it being televised? Because if their families say no, then no, we shouldn't be able to see it. But yeah, I mean, truth is, it's really none of our business. No. You know? But I, I hope they get the closure that they deserve, but we don't we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, we're not owed that. The family's owed that. You know, it I think it's owed to this guy to get what he what's coming to him if it was him, you know, and anybody else involved. Yeah. And the shitty thing is is like right here, like how we said the new trial date, like that just kills me. Like the defense attorney can continue to try and push this back and push this back. And, oh, we see new evidence. Uh, you know, we're going to need more time. Oh, this happened. We're going to need more time. Like, well, that's exactly what he's doing. Like the first time, you know, he, uh, he requested to move the venue away from Delphi that away, Delphi. you know, Delphi. I, I'm going to call it Delphi because that's <laughs> how I think it is. But yeah, he requested to get that move that away. It's not as, I guess it's less biased. You know what I mean? Well, but they're, they they actually denied that. Um, they're going to outsource the jury, I believe. And, um, you know, that way it can still be in town because what about all these people that are, you know, close to this case? They should be able to go to the court case without having to travel across the country. Yeah. Well, see, and that's not an uncommon thing for outside jurors and even outside judges to be brought in. It just costs so much for the city. Because at this point, I don't know who's footing the bill, if it's Delphi or if it's the city of Delphi or if it's the state of Indiana, that's who's who's footing the bill. But every time something like this happens, it just racks and stacks on the bill. It just keeps on adding up. Right. At some point, they run Delphi out of being able to afford it if it is Delphi trying to foot the bill. Um, but I'm sure as soon as that outside jury and everything is called in, there's going to be an immediate gag order put on everybody uh, where they can't discuss the, the you know, any of the proceedings or, you know, they can't look at social media there. It's all supposed to be non-biased people that technically haven't heard of any of this yet. So they're, yeah. they're not allowed to research it. Um, that's what's tough about these high profile cases like this. Like everyone's heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has this preconceived notion that like, now this piece of shit did it. Well, like you can't come into the court with that idea. Yeah. Cause if, if you're someone that follows true crime at all, you've probably heard of this one. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, and that could be something that maybe we cover on a different, on a later date, especially if we get a good response from these true crimes. Well, maybe we won't only just cover true crime cases and thing and stories like this, but maybe it'd be interesting to point out some of the things that are there to protect the, de- the, you know, in this case, the bad guy or things that are there to protect the family. Um, because when you look into court case history and, and, you know, just how things operate in the judicial system, a lot of it gets pretty interesting. Um, yeah, you can dive very deep on looking into some of these, how this works and why is it this way? And I understand how it gets drawn out. I just don't like the fact that it gets drawn out that far for the family's sake or, you know, for anybody. Well, the problem is what if this guy that they have arrested, what if he's completely innocent? I mean, he's probably not. Um, but what if he is, <clears throat> his life he, is ruined. 
he, nothing. Yeah, even if even if he gets away or gets through the court stuff without going to jail, his life is ruined. You know, I get that. Yeah, at least to an extent. Yeah. So I mean, they got to make damn sure that the person they're defending should be defended. You know, or yes. So, so they're like going to defend them to their damnedest, I guess, whether or yeah. not they're innocent. Yeah, and I feel like, like I said, the police probably have a lot more evidence than they've let on. Like, I, they probably have a pretty good idea. Yeah. And typically they I mean, do. I mean, to, yeah, I mean, for them to have waited this long and now they've arrested somebody for it, you know, they, they've got to have something. Yeah. I mean, was that, I mean, that bullet alone, like, why was that there? if they can prove it's from his personal gun and he says that the gun's always been in his possession, like, okay, explain that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely think this is going to be one that, you know, Peter, I don't know how to do that on my end to set up like a Google alert or something. But I, I, I think this is something that we should, even if we don't do a whole nother episode on it, I'd like to maybe do a mini episode or do something to keep everyone informed on what's going on. Uh, it definitely will. Oh, like once it happens. Yeah, we'll definitely look at it once the court case happens, and maybe we can give a little update, even if it's just a little short shout out update. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You know, considering we have the many episodes that we're going to be starting to do, um, I think that would be a good way to do it. We can you know use crazy? some of them as updates. I'm going to be in Indiana uh, ten days before trial. <laughs> really? Yeah, that is kind of crazy. <laughs> So are you going to still be there when it goes to trial? No, I'm probably going to be up there for maybe a week or less. You know, we kept saying, we we keep talking about Delphi and how close this was and that was. I've never actually looked up where it's at on a map. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Oddly enough, this guy, um, what's his name? Richard Allen, the one they arrested. He actually lived really, really close to the trail too. So like if you look on a map, He's like almost on the other side of the woods from it. Like it's it's really not far. So anybody out there before you, if you haven't already done it, which a lot of you might already have, um, if you didn't know where Delphi is, it's kind of northern Indiana, um, above Indianapolis. Um, The two major cities that it would kind of be close to would be, it's kind of between Lafayette and Logansport. Um, off of Highway 25. I they call it Lafayette. Yeah, maybe so. Honestly, I don't know how they pronounce it. I should. So just to, I don't. just to throw anybody off that is saying, oh, why were these girls out there walking alone? One, they were teenagers. I don't think these girls had any ill intent. They were, you know, they're girls. Yeah, but they're teenagers. As you've heard all three of us say, we all would have been out there walking. This is something you do, especially in a small town. You go out, you walk the local trails, you you live in the local environment. The We shouldn't be afraid to be outside in our communities, especially, and I can see how the town of Delphi never would have thought something like this would have happened because when you look at it on a map, there's not a lot around it. It's not that big of a city. It should be a quiet city. I mean, yeah. most of us in America should be able to live a normal life like everybody nowadays that refers to, oh, back in the... In the 50s and 60s, back when things were safe and kids could play outside, no, we should still have that. We shouldn't have these yeah. criminals out there that, that can run amok and do things. And there are times we shouldn't where- be a, we shouldn't be a, apologizing for these people. We we should, you know, stop them. You know, people just turn a blind eye to a lot of things. 
Yeah. It's like I said earlier, you know, once you get the label pedophile, why are you back out of jail there? And I mean, there's even worse than that. There's, you know, people that commit murders that get 25 to life and they're out after 25 years or they're not, some of them not even that long that I'm sure we'll cover cases where, you know, this person got out after 15 years after good behavior. This person did this. It just blows my mind that that can happen. Yeah. And just since we're getting toward the end of this, I do want to recommend, I'm not sure who it is, but just do some searching on YouTube and you'll probably find it. Um, If you want more information, there's actually somebody who, uh, he made like a 3D rendering of what allegedly happened that day, like following like the path that they took. And I think they like overlaid it with somebody filming with a camera, like through the path that they took and down the hill and through the creek like basically to where they were killed. And it's, it's pretty interesting to see it in that first person view. It gives it like a whole other dimension. Yeah. I don't know if that's a dimension I want to see though. No, but it's just, it's an, it's interesting to be able to picture it. Yeah. You know, picture the area, you know, somewhere that should have been just this fun place to go hang out, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like you said earlier at the beginning, I think Jeremy said, what would, what type of land was this? Was this nas- not National Park, but... No, uh, it's just like a... Um, na- oh, gosh. Nature Reserve? Preserve? And, yeah, na- a natural reserve. Gotcha. So it is a, it, it's a protected park area. Yeah, it's not like they were just trespassing, yeah. you know, on some yeah. random yeah. land. And I mean, even if they were, there's no reason to victim blame here. Oh, I wasn't trying to yeah. do that. I was just... No, no, no. Not, but but people that are saying that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's thrown out there. Because we've uh, certainly done our fair share of trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of trespassing. Not, not anything that, like, harmed anything, but, you know. I mean, I understand why people get mad at trespassers. I mean, there's so many of them out there that, you know, do cause harm, do do damage to things. I mean... You got a lot of people that's not that don't have that intention at all. Like when you yeah. see a lot of these new urban explorer videos, like I really wish I had the time to go out and do some of that stuff. And a lot of those guys aren't meaning any damage; they don't mean any harm. Yeah, watch. Um, I'm sending y'all a picture real quick. So this is an overhead view, and the woods over here, where where it says car in the circle, mm-hmm. that's where the car was parked, and. They they followed the trail where the red dot goes, and then where it goes off to the side in the X. That's where they were killed. Oh. And they speculate that the, he ended up walking out like straight to the road from there. There's like a cemetery over there somewhere. And then the person that saw the muddy and bloody guy saw them uh, walking on that part of the highway back toward the car around the right time. And then if you look. That's his house in the other circle. It's like it, right there. It's right by his house. Yeah, let me just go commit this murder real quick. Drive home. <laughs> go back to the CVS. Oh, okay. Let me manage my shift. I'm, I see it now. The so the dotted lines, the trail system. Well, the dotted the first part of the dotted line, like through the woods, that's uh-huh. where the trail goes, okay. and then the bridge is right there where the water is. Gotcha. You gotcha. And then they went down into the creek, and then the X is where they were found, I believe. And then, the, and then the guy, the guy, they think, just went straight out from there and then got on the street. Gotcha. I know we're talking about pictures and things, but as you guys know, the all this will probably be on the website so you can see it all. Um, and like we mentioned in the beginning, 
you can see how close that bridge was to where those girls were found. So yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised nobody heard anything happening. You know, it seems like a pretty populated place, especially on a day where kids are out of school. Yeah, I mean, like it backs it, up it the feels farmland, like, but it feels like it was planned. Like this guy went out there to kill. Oh, absolutely, or at yeah, least commit some kind of crime. And I I, I feel that he knew or they knew who, whatever it is that those girls were going to be there and they had something in mind for those girls. I don't think it was a random attack. No, I think it was planned. I think there's multiple people involved. Um, but I don't know what they can prove. Right. I'm sorry. My blood's just over here boiling. thinking about all the, the different scenarios that could, we could run through on this. The, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, Planned, most likely multiple people. If multiple people didn't commit the murder, you know, going back to the thought you had with trafficking, I hate that there's so many pedophiles that were tied up in this. Like, not hate that they're tied up in it. Like, yeah, they need to be suspects. But I mean, like, that leads credence to the possible trafficking idea. Um, and maybe it was just a trafficking a, a, tim, a an attempted snatch that went wrong. Um, I don't know. My brain is... Yeah, I mean, it might have even, if it was the case, it might have been the plan that they were going to trap them on the other side of the bridge so they couldn't escape, go down the hill, and then walk over to that man's house that died. And maybe he was in on it too. You know? I mean, it's all speculation. Hard to say. No, I think you're right, though. I think that uh, at the edge of the bridge is where the cohorts were, were waiting and that's, he was saying, all right, guys, let's go down the hill. Yep. God, it just pisses me off. Yeah. It's sad. It, it should, it should piss you off because you're a normal human. Yeah. I worry about the people that it doesn't piss off. That is true. So I guess we're getting to the end of this. Um, as everybody noticed, we didn't have a listener story tonight. We kept, we, we did open with our normal, complaining and talking about some randomness, but no listener story. We do have one more up our sleeves for you, but we're hoping for some more. Uh, you know, you guys submit them to us however you can digitally, uh, you know, voice or typed or if you want, maybe we'll set up a PO box and you can mail us some weird shit. Send, hey, us, all you your, send us all your strange stuff. <laughs> and if you just want to come hang out, we'll record and interview you if you want. Yeah, we're not against those live ones. You heard Joey a few weeks back. Yeah, it's always fun. Fun to get some fresh voices in here. So follow us on all the different outlets. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I think we've got... Do we have a Twitter? Maybe we don't have Twitter. We have a Twitter. I don't really post too much on it, though. Uh, so we're out there everywhere. You can find us, people. Come out there. Share your strangeness. Share your experiences. <laughs> After this one, share your anger. I'm here to listen. Yeah, uh, I'm just as pissed yeah. off as you are. I promise. And we'll put some uh, some images to kind of better visualize kind of what we were talking about, like some of the mapping and all that. Um, just go to our website, strangewoodspodcast.com. And uh, my lovely wife, Brandy, will post all these things on there. Shout out to her. Thanks for all the hard work that you do for us. And she's helping us with all our research and notes. It's pretty great. And let us know, uh, you know, on our main label, it says true crime and paranormal. And I know this is our first true crime. So let us know how y'all like it. But we do plan to do more of these. So hopefully it was an enjoyable episode for everyone. And 
yeah, and if y'all want to suggest a um, the next topic, let us know. Send us an email, strangewoodspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, maybe we'll pick your topic to be the next one. Yeah, yeah, we would love for y'all to pick every topic for us. We don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not we'll, against that. Then we'll research it for about five minutes before we start. And uh, yeah, I'll research yeah. you while we're talking. That's, <laughs> that's how I roll. Oh, I get better internet tomorrow, everybody. So the quick Googles are back on. Yes. Oh, Googles are back. Googles yeah. are back on. I've been my hands have been tied, and I haven't been able to do on the fly research. But we're gonna be able to talk so fast. Hell yeah. Maybe one day we'll even get a, a, a little video of us. I don't know. I'm trying to talk up so. the other guys into this. So if y'all want to see us on video or us get little clippets here and there while we're recording for uh TikTok or things, let us know. You know? Hey, you know, we might be able to uh, I I even I might cut this out. But I kind of had the idea of maybe starting a stream like uh, playing video games, like Let's Plays. Ooh. And I was thinking if we all could play the same game together somehow, we could like talk paranormal while we play a game. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Might be kind of cool. Or just have a game channel where we hang out and do that too. Yeah, and I'm not a good We have extra time on our hands, you know? Yeah. But- <laughs> Peter has a new computer. He thinks he's a Twitch streamer now. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to be a famous YouTuber or something. That's what the kids say nowadays, right? No. They don't aspire to be astronauts or anything anymore. They just want to Twitch stream. Stream Twitch. I didn't want to cut off any trains of thought or anything. Uh, if y'all had more to say about the case or anything closing out, I just was getting no, I, I think I was pretty started. much done. Yeah, if I've expressed my feelings on it. I just figured and I'd get that closed and start it and you can move it around how you want. Yeah. I, I, being, I, being an unsolved case, I mean, there's not really too much to say until it gets resolved. Yeah. Um, but looking at the picture of old Richard, he, he doesn't look like a man who's like full of remorse or like guilt or sadness. Like he's he's got yeah. problems, I think. Yeah. He kind of just looks like, ah, oh, fuck, they got me. Yeah, yeah. I think he's more upset that he's been caught. I think he uh, he didn't want to get outsmarted. I, I think like he watched too many CSI shows, right? So he left this bullet behind as some weird piece of evidence to think that like oh, they'll never catch me. Yeah, uh, an unspent bullet, dumbass. Well, that's the the crazy thing is, is there are calling card killers. So that's true. I mean. I don't know if that's what he thought he was, if he thought he was that big of a badass, but you know, you got the, we could dive into that one. I mean, there's been movies and everything else and we can talk about it just because I think it's such a fascinating case, but the Zodiac killer, mm. I mean, he, he wasn't just a that, calling card killer. I mean, they he, never figured out who that was. huh? He taunted the cops. Well, they, they have very strong suspicions of who they think it was. Um, but the main person that they do think it was, I believe I could be wrong. Uh, but I think the main person that they do think it was died. Um, Brandy could tell us, I think she just finished a book on it. Actually. If I'm not, if I'm not mixing up murderers here, I believe he was one of the yeah, ones. That I think you're, died. I think you're right. I think they did have somebody in mind, but they died. So they couldn't prove it. Yeah. But I guess that's all for this episode. Yeah. Um, our hearts go out to the families of Abby and Libby and, you know, there is a memorial park that's been dedicated in their name. And if you're ever in the area, stop by and see it, you know, 
Uh, it opened back in 2021, so they are still in the hearts of the community. And should we say something like, uh, if you see something, say something or uh, anything like that? I mean, you can. The uh, I mean, I'm not really sure how to say it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know the best way to say it. Um, there's a similar saying in the safety world, working in the oil and gas industry, that if you see it, you own it. Um, and more or less, like if you see something going on, it's kind of your obligation to make sure someone else is aware, or, you know, or to correct whatever um, suspicion you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see it throughout the airport. Um, see something, say something. Uh, don't be afraid to report um, possible trafficking situations. Uh, sadly, I, I live in one of the busiest, not only the busiest um, passenger airports in the world, but also one of the highest human trafficking airports in the world uh, here in Atlanta, sadly enough. So there's the phone number posted around in different places randomly here and there in the bathroom and everything else. So just if they, I mean, it is true. If you see something that doesn't feel right to you, everybody knows what feels right and what what seems like a normal day and what just rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. If it if you can tell that there's something out there that just that stands out, your subconscious is telling you something is wrong with this situation, it's not going to hurt to report it. There's multiple ways to do it. If you see it, say it. You can do it anonymously through Crime Stoppers and there's other outlets um, where you can report anonymously if you feel like you need to do that. I don't know. I'm not saying there's a bad thing if you do it anonymously or not. I mean, I understand some people might be scared of retaliation or might be scared uh, of just anything. If you need to report anonymously, there's anonymous ways to report things. And if you're not worried about it, just call your local police. They'll situate it. They'll sort it out. You know, I've not long ago, I, I was driving down the highway and saw somebody pulling a camper and I mean, they almost lost the camper two or three times. And I thought, well, maybe this guy just had a long weekend and he's had a few drinks, but you know, <sighs> 10 miles down the road after he hasn't stopped swerving. And I, I, I did call and report it and you know, cops came, they pulled him over and you know, it is what it is. They sorted it out after that, but don't be afraid to report things, people. Yeah. Especially if, you or someone you know, you you suspect there might be something afoot, you know, like help each other out, you know, keep an eye on, you know, if you see kids out by themselves, watch out for suspicious people, you know? Yeah. And, and if somebody comes out of the woods covered in blood, yeah. maybe consider saying something to the police. <laughs> yeah. Pull out your phone, record it, you know? That is true. Don't be a bystander in that sense. The bystander effect, like we mentioned earlier, that's where in a crowd of people, if something goes down, everybody thinks that everybody else is going to say something or report it or take a picture or do something. Mm -hmm. And then nobody ends up doing anything. People die that way. You can always delete it out your phone if you don't need it. Yeah. Hey, you know that you're holding a phone right now. Most people listening, they're either holding a phone or they've had a phone in their hand in the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. They're basically glued to us nowadays, people. Don't be afraid to use them. Oh, mine's implanted in my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get my implant. I'm, uh, I'm on the waiting list. <laughs> but 
Bill Gates to personally do mine. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not technologically savvy enough for that. <laughs> well, that's a great thing. You don't have to be. It's just in your head. But with that, I guess we'll uh, we'll call this a night and uh, we'll say bye. 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 Bye, y'all.